the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Synagogue of Satan. That's the Synagogue of Satan, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Mike with the conclusion to the Synagogue of Satan. Today is reaching your heart. The man with the demon was there. It's an imperfect verb in the Greek. He didn't just suddenly show up. He didn't arrive. He didn't pop in. He had been there. He belonged to the synagogue. He was part of the life of the church. Boy, this is radical. The synagogue was the home for the demoniac. It's not the place you'd expect a demon to live. Inside the church. But there he was inside the church. Luke 4.32 clearly teaches that demons go to church and they can on occasion be found inside the church in the people who attend. It's very likely there's one here today. I'm serious. It's very likely there's one here today. In verse 33, Luke says, the demon cried out with a loud voice. The Greek is phone megale. And we get our word megaphone from it. The demon raised his voice and he started shouting at Jesus. Now, like I said, I've been on certain nominating committees where a brother who'd washed my feet at communion service would come to me and just open up his eyes and start shouting at me unless he got his way in the nominating committee. And that wasn't here. It was somewhere else. This can happen. You know, dear heart, when we work in the service of God, there's absolutely no place for an outburst of anger because it's not the spirit of Jesus, is it? Are we not to minister in the spirit of the one who gave us the good news? And whatever ministry we have, it is part of a larger good where we care about others and we minister in the Spirit of the Lord. Luke 4.34, the demon is speaking, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Ah. Now paradoxically, the demon speaks some truth here. He recognizes Jesus as the one who will destroy them all at some point in the future. And he knows that he is the Holy One sent by God to defeat evil. The demons used to worship with Jesus before they fell. They knew him. In fact, he used to be their commander before they chose another ruler. The devils have acknowledged Christ's existence. They have a knowledge of who he is. They know him. They can recognize him. But they have no saving faith in Jesus. They believe and tremble, but they do not believe and surrender to his word. They know about Him, but they don't know Him anymore as Lord and Savior and friend. They have cut off the connection that binds the living Christ to their heart. Now the English word awe in the Greek is a word that was used by the Greek Attic poets to describe a cry of fear or indignation. The word is a frail attempt to translate a demonic screeching sound that erupts from the throat of one who is controlled by rage or fear. And I don't even want to try to mimic it, but... I imagine it's something like my dog Avalanche that he makes. 
you know, the whole neighborhood's listening. Luke 4, 34, ah, that's the screeching sound. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, so much is said in this one verse. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? The demons perceived that Jesus' teaching is a direct attack on their power and authority. Christ had invaded the temple of the demons and He had claimed their sacred ground as heaven's ground again. And so there was a war, a conflict operative here. And when the demons speak in the Bible, they speak as a collective, not in the singular, but the plural. The same ideas that came out of the French Revolution that have shaped so much of the history of the earth in the last 200 years that have brought so much blood and carnage. We find the same language coming out of the devil's mouth. They have lost their individuality inside the collective. They have become one with the program of sin. The kingdom of evil is greater than any one of them. And they have become lost in the whole and the legion. They say in another place, we are legion. They speak as the many, not the one. The demon speaks and he says, what have you to do with us? Satan's kingdom strips a person of the power to think and to be. Satan's kingdom robs the heart of freedom to act, freedom to grow, freedom to dream, hope for the future. The kingdom of demons dominates the individuality and the personality. It steals the soul of its right to worship and express itself with love and freedom and dignity. Dear heart, we have in this land freedom of worship. We have Christian principles that have guarded our rights to worship God, to fall on our knees and to rise and praise Him with holy hands without someone saying it's illegal. What we enjoy in this country is a divine privilege that will not always be with us. The demons know who Jesus is, but they don't care about freedom. They chain the individual. They make Him part of the collective and they don't like Jesus because Christ came for the whosoever of John 3.16. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, Jesus never dialogued with demons. You know, in all the spiritual warfare talk that we hear in our present culture, you hear people engaging in dialogue with demons. Christ never dialogued with demons. He never attended a seance where they could talk back. He never read tarot cards. He didn't play with Ouija boards. He never watched The Exorcist or any other movie like it that Hollywood produces. He never consulted the horoscope for his future, even though the 12 signs of the Zodiac were placed in the tile on the synagogue floor in Jesus' day. And when the demons spoke to Jesus, Christ had only one thing to say back. Look at verse 35. Christ rebuked them saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst... He came out of him, having done him no harm. The Bible says Jesus rebuked him. Now Christ's words here are a direct restatement of the words of the angel of the Lord in Zechariah 3. The context is clear. It's the end of the captivity in Babylon. The high priest stands in rags that are dirty and soiled, representing a stained life of sin and guilt. He has no moral right to preach, no moral right to pray for the people, no right to start the service of the sanctuary. And the devil is standing by, accusing him, bringing to mind his sin before God. And we find the record in Zechariah 3.1. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. 
is this not a brand plucked from the fire? And the angel ordered that clean garments be placed on Joshua. His guilt and sin be removed and a clean turban be placed upon his head. Dear heart, when the devil stands to accuse you and crush your spirit, Jesus, who is the angel, the messenger of the Lord, who is in fact God himself, he stands at the right hand of God to defend your cause. When the devil stands to condemn you because you have failed, Christ stands to forgive you because he has not failed. When the devil stands to strip you of your dignity and throw your face in the dirt and spit in it, Jesus stands to restore your life and lift you up and clothe you with dignity. The devil doesn't give up easy when he takes someone down. He throws them to the ground. He thrashes them around to show his power and authority. But Jesus is always the one who can hold the life, who rebukes the devil and sets the soul free. You know, Christ didn't start his ministry by a lot of preaching and teaching. Christ started his ministry by setting someone free. The angel of the Lord was standing by and he rebuked the devil on behalf of Joshua, the high priest. And so here in Luke 4, Jesus takes his place as the angel of the Lord in the synagogue and he rebukes the demon inside that demoniac that is crying out instead of the voice of the man. Verse 35, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. Now, what I'm getting ready to share with you may sound a little severe, but Jesus said it. I didn't. The Greek says literally muzzle it. Muzzle it. That means literally shut up and come out of him. That's what he said. He looked at that demon. He looked at that man. He said, be quiet. You say nothing more. I will stop you from speaking through him. Muzzle it. And Jesus silences the scream of the demon with his authority of his word. He gags the devil so he can speak no more. And the man can be set free. The voice that has tormented him inside his head is suddenly released. He can speak no more. And the sounds that shriek within his soul are silenced by a single word of authority from the king of the universe, the one who will calm the sea, calms the soul, and muzzles the sound of the wind deep within. Two facts stand in contrast in the story. In verse 35, the demon threw the man to the ground. In the same verse, Luke is careful to record, he was not injured or hurt. He was unable to harm him. Dear heart, the devil may thrash you about, but he cannot hurt you if Jesus commands him to leave you. He may throw you down, but he cannot keep you down. And he cannot hurt you if Jesus commands that you are to be set free. Christ came to set the sinner free. He came to take the whosoever of John 3.16 and to take the chains away from him. He came to loose the bonds of evil on the human heart. He came to silence the wind deep within. He came to defeat the devil in the synagogue and to stop him from crying out through the man who needed to call on the name of the Lord. He came to set the soul free so it could worship God as an individual with dignity in the assembly of the brethren. Luke ends his story with this statement, Luke 4.36. And they were all amazed. And they said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power... He commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Dear heart, we worship a Savior who's in charge of your life. Christ has all authority in heaven and earth. He has the power and the right and the authority to set you free. There are people here today who struggle with attitudes that are stronger than themselves. Anger, 
You know that person you've hated for years and you still hate? Fear. That feeling that you just can't make it because tomorrow will be a more pessimistic day than this one. Resentment. You know, these settled feelings that just rob the Holy Spirit from your life and bottled up deep within, maybe it's grief that won't let you go. Dear heart, Christ came to set the soul free deep inside. His word has the same power today as when he met the demoniac in the synagogue. The word of Jesus sets the sinner free. The authority of Jesus commands the unclean attitudes, the control of behaviors that are necessary in the life. The command of Christ is able to clean out your video rack. It's able to arrange your reading list. It's able to rearrange what you do and what you think about throughout your week. And the demons in your home can be gone if the word of God takes its place inside your house. With authority, Christ orders the spirits deep within that are at war with him to end their hold on the soul that is chained and to let it go. And when he orders them, they must obey. Dear heart, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, is a lion with teeth, and his roar is louder than the screech of evil. Jesus sets the soul free with the word of God, the word of divine authority. The book of Revelation teaches at the end of time that demons will control much of the Christian church. Much of Christianity will become a synagogue of Satan. The book of Revelation teaches that church leaders globally will unite with the power of kings to persecute those who are following God's word. And those who will not worship the image of the beast and receive his mark on the forehead or the hand, they will be killed. It will become the action of law. And this false religious system symbolized by a harlot who rides a beast the harlot is one who has forsaken Jesus as her true lover. She is no longer betrothed to Jesus Christ. She no longer cares about the wedding that will occur after the second coming, the marriage feast of the Lamb. She rides the beast because the beast represents the world kingdom system that is controlled by the evil one. And she has committed fornication with the kings of the earth. Jesus cast the demons out of the synagogue when he started his ministry. And at the end of time, the kings of the earth will be gathered by demons as they synagogue together to make war on the people of God. Revelation 16, 12. I'm reading from the sixth plague. The sixth angel poured his bowl on the great river Euphrates. Its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw issuing from the mouth of the dragon, that is the devil, from the mouth of the beast, and from the mouth of the false prophet, three foul spirits like frogs. For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world, now notice what it says, to assemble them for a battle on the great day of God the Almighty. The verb there in the original Greek is to synagogue them together for the great battle of the great day of God the Almighty. It is a religious battle. It is a religious gathering. And then the voice of Christ breaks in, Lo, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who is awake, keeping his garments, that he may not go naked and be seen exposed. And they gathered together, they synagogued together at the place which is called in Hebrew Armageddon. Verse 14 says that the unclean spirits of the world will synagogue the kings of the earth together to make war on God's people. The book of Revelation teaches that Satan will gain control of the religious world. And that includes much of Christianity to motivate the political leaders of the world to attack and annihilate God's truth in a single decisive hour. Revelation 3, 9, Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. In other words, who claim to be believers but really aren't. 
who claim to be Christians, but deep inside they've rejected the authority of God's word. It says, but they lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and learn that I have loved you because you have kept my word of patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial, which is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell upon the earth. You see, dear heart, at the end of time, the only authority that can deal with these agencies is the word of God's patient endurance. It is the word of God applied in your life patiently through prayer and persistence in faith. End time Babylon is a religious political system that weds the kings of the earth. And the final call just before Jesus returns is a call to get out of Babylon. Revelation 18.1 After this I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven having great authority. And the earth was made bright with his splendor. And he called with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. It has become a dwelling place of demons, a haunt of every foul spirit, a haunt of every foul and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk the wine of her impure passion, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich with the wealth of her wantonness. Dear heart, when God can't cast the devil out of the church within a time, it's time to come out of the church that holds on to him so strongly. Come out of her my people, in verse 4, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. The church will one day become a place of demons. The church that loves the world, that synchronizes well with it, that adopts this world as its ultimate place, it will become a place of demonic control. The Bible predicts that Satan will take his place in the church at the end of time. And these devils that Jesus met in the synagogue will motivate people of faith to compel the kings of the earth to persecute the remnant people of God, to destroy those who are faithful to God's word, to Jesus Christ. But dear heart, the same Christ to rebuke the devil will save his church. The word of God will appear, as it says in Revelation 19. He will crush the kings of the earth with a rod of iron and he will airlift his people out of here to God's eternal kingdom, to a place where music is heard, where songs are given of praise, where there are no chains on the life, when the soul is set free to know God, to feel Him, where every person is meaningful in a family that will last forever and ever. It made national news last week. At the Air Force Academy in the state of Colorado, the Air Force has designated certain spots for different kinds of faith. There are places for Jews to worship, Christians, and others to worship as they see fit. One spot resembles the Stonehenge Monument in England. It has been reserved for earth-centered religions like the Druids. Now, Julius Caesar recorded in the Gallic Wars that the Druids practiced human sacrifices, and modern archaeology supports that claim. When anyone says they have an ancient religion that goes back to the Druids, you better really think about what they're saying, because if you follow that religion back to its roots, people died on a regular basis for that kind of worship service. And I don't believe you have to sacrifice an animal or a person or anything else to appease the living God. And yet, for some reason, the U.S. Air Force has placed a set of rocks resembling Stonehenge there in Colorado at the training center for this ancient form of religion. On January 17, an Air Force staffer spotted a wooden cross made of railroad ties lying across a rock at the Air Force version of Stonehenge. Now, the incident is being pursued as a hate crime. They intended to prosecute the people who set the cross on the site. To throw them in jail. Because the people feel threatened, their lives are at risk. A cross has been placed on the Air Force's version of Stonehenge. 
Now, we have competing symbols of faith in our culture today, and that's how it is. You know, I can go out and I can hold a meeting. I can share the Word of God and someone can hold a meeting. And they can say, Pastor Mike is crazy. You know, religious freedom is sweet, isn't it? But what happens when you tell one person they can't express themselves, but the other can? The Bible teaches that one day the Christian church will engage the world with the truth of the gospel on a scale that is unimaginable. The world kingdom system will be shaken by the truth of the cross and the kings of the earth will make the decision to eradicate those who follow God's word. I'm sure in that day, those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ and the mark of the beast will be called a cult. Dear heart, I don't care what the world has to say. I don't care one lick what it has to say. You know, I would rather be a minority with Jesus than a majority with people who are not following his word. Revelation 17, 12, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind and give over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb. The lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Dear heart, the devil's authority cannot stand against the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. God has not called you to weakness. God has not called you to fear. God has not called you to cower and be afraid of your shadow and afraid of the future. Dear heart, God has called you to victory, to faith, to authority that is rooted in the Word of God. And God's Word and God's truth will win in the end. And Jesus will come to set us free from a world kingdom system that is in love with a harlot that has become a synagogue of Satan. Jesus will come to set His people free. And Jesus will come with the air force of heaven. He will fly out from His holy domain. And He will come to us here. And on the clouds of glory, the voice of Christ will speak with authority. He will raise the dead. Those in chains, their chains will fall. And those who are facing death will be set free. And those who love Him more than life, those who love Him more than fame, those who love Him more than the kings of the earth and the beasts and all that it has to offer, those who are willing no more to live one more day here if it means to forsake His Word here will find themselves having anti-gravitons or something pulling them up into that cloud by a force that is stronger than any force this world has to keep them back. And they will find their way on angels' wings to the side of Christ. And they will journey to the celestial city. And for a thousand years, the book of Revelation says, they will reign with God. They will grow in God. They will know God before they return to this planet. But it also says, an angel descends from heaven with a chain. And he takes that ancient serpent, the devil, and he chains him up and he throws him into the abyss. I have a strong suspicion. I know who that one is. I think Jesus Christ Himself is the angel of the Lord who's going to wrap that chain around the devil and throw him down. Unfinished business. Dear heart, I call you as I call myself through the Word of God to call on the name of the Lord, to rest in the Lord, to be confident in His power, to be afraid of nothing, but in faith to move forward in your life and to believe in the One who came for the whosoever of John 3.16 to set the captive free. God bless you. Father, thank you that you sent the ultimate individual to the most wretched person in the synagogue 
to release him and set him free. Father, I just pray for anyone here who is suffering with chains that they can't unbind in their life. Who feels the pull of something hard and harsh and they can't untie themselves. Lord, we call on the name of the Lord. We call on the Word of the Lord in their life to set them free. And Father, I pray that simple faith will lay hold of the Bible this week and will set aside the things that bind. And that, Father, every heart here will be a little lighter, a little freer. We'll be ready for angels' wings to lift out of here and meet the Lord in the air. Thank you for loving us, for sending Jesus here where we live. Thank you for loving us a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Spiritualism in a variety of forms is making its way through the Western world. The afterlife, the spirit world and spirit mediums can be found in movies, best-selling books and popular TV programs. These themes are making their way into our children's entertainment even we had this free book to help you understand things a little bit better entitled Dark Tunnels or Bright Lights. This book candidly reveals biblical truth about this subject and pulls the curtain aside to reveal why there is so much interest in this topic. The book reveals the deceptions of spiritualism based on biblical teachings so that you can confidently discern truth from error as the topic continues to gain momentum across all levels of society. Now, this book is absolutely free. You can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. Thanks for tuning in, and we pray that God is reaching your heart and growing you up in Christ through these messages. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.